0: And we're back, guys and gals, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here on July 30th, 2020, Thursday, Charlotte, North Carolina. As always, remember, Southern Scrap Nation podcast. You can find everything on SouthernScrapNation.com, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. Um, you can check our social media out as well. SunscrapNation.com. All right, so let's get into it. Today is going to be all about breaking down UFC fight night, Brunson versus Shabazian. So, great. I got to fucking write that name in on the title. Um, There's there's quite a few, like, sleeper fights on this card uh, as far as no big-name fights, but... Uh, Just really good high-level fights, especially from last week. I know everyone loved the Shogun versus Noguera fight, da-da-da-da-da, but we're done with that. No more of that. No more old people. All new young bloods. All right. So, let's go ahead and get started. We can break down news. I mean, there's a a couple announcements. I guess Tony Ferguson's open to fight Connor Dustin. Dustin's all about it. Uh, he wants a title shot against Khabib versus Gaethje, so he's back in there. Um, I like the Connor fight more for him, but the Dustin fight, I feel like actually I kind of like both those fights for him. Whereas Gaethje, just like. Through grit, sheer, and will, and then obviously Trevor Whitman's new approach to the style of being able to cut angles, um, come in, and you know, a lot of shift work within the pocket, kind of like Rose, opened up Tony's head to get hit a lot. It was like fainting and then coming over the top with the other hand, and uh, just those little tiny things definitely helped the uh, helped out against Tony. I'm not a hundred percent sure. If Dustin has that, or if he's able, if he's gonna be able to just because we've seen, actually no, never mind. I was thinking about. No wait, no, I'm thinking about Pettis. Never mind. I was like, what fight was that where he tapped to a body lock? It wasn't. It was Pettis. Pettis against Poirier. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I just don't really think that's a fight that Dustin wants. I'm as much as he says he does, Connor's definitely not going to take that fight. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see Tony versus Dustin. It's just like if you're trying to get back to the title fight, title picture, like if I'm Dustin, I'm campaigning for a Connor 2 fight. Let's get me back that win. It's a big fight. It's pay-per-view quality. Tony versus Dustin, not going to make the same numbers, obviously. And on top of that, you're maybe going to be like a main event on the ESPN. Or a co-main event. It just depends. I mean, you see, you if you watch the last Tony fight, you can definitely find where Justin had had success and take advantage of it. The problem is, not everyone fights like Justin. It's very like you'd have to change your game plan to fight like him. I don't know if. I don't know if that works for everybody. I do like the hands in the sense of, like, I like how good Dustin's hands are, and it seems to be, not a kryptonite, but it seems to be, like, a a way to hurt Tony is to use your boxing um, rather than, like, getting into this kickboxing match where you get pushed on the back foot and, uh, like, Barbosa. You're also not going to be able to... I'd like to see the ground, the ground game work out between the two of them. I think Tony's got better ground than him. Um, Ryan Bader set to fight Vadim Nekomov, Nemkov, Nemkov, Nemkov. Uh, if this is the same dude I'm thinking about, this dude's a beast. Uh, he's he's. Everyone's lucky that he's in Bellator, not in the UFC, because in the light heavyweight division, he'd be fucking trouble. Trouble, I think. Uh, before I eat my words, uh, yeah, this is the same dude. He just came out of nowhere in my mind. No, wait, different dude. Different dude. Different dude. Still a badass off of the Fedor team. Uh, technically very good. He's I mean he's very good in the sense of I mean he's like a mini Fedor. Not mini Fedor, but he's just like young Fedor. He uh He's got the youth behind him, he's fucking So here's him knocking out Philip Lenz. Philippe Lenz who's fights in the Yosino. Uh, Liam McGeary, who's a beast, he's he's very, uh, in this fight, he's a, uh, leg kicks him, he does exactly, I mean, he's technically brilliant, right, Liam McGeary, taller opponent, he just leg kicks him until, he just leg kicks him until he gets a TKO, inside, outside, all over. And then, Phil Davis. Here he is, suplexing a fucking former Penn State, I think All-American. He's. The problem that Bader presents to him is that he's not just everyone else that he's fought before. Like, I mean, not that they don't have power, but Bader's just like one of those guys. He's going to come forward. I was thinking about Yaroslav Amzov. That dude's that dude's a beast. Um, I feel like this is a good fight for Bader. Actually, it's a scary opponent, but I think I think um, Bader just ha- is seasoned a little bit better as a veteran. He's a two-time or he's a two-weight world champion in Bellator. Uh, as far as caliber of opponent, not as high level as the guys he's faced before. Um, Manel. Man Cape is out of UFC two fifty two. He was the Ryzen AK Thailand fighter. Uh sadly, he is out of the fight. It would've been cool to see him make his debut. Um I don't like how they're gonna give Max a trilogy fight. I understand that he won or he lost two of the three and then this, or two of the two. Seems like the second one. Seem like the second one uh, was more Max, uh, Max's side. But I mean, Volkanovski's got a point. What are we gonna just keep fighting until Max wins? Listen, everyone loves Max, but even Noguera and Shogun it took them 15 years to complete the trilogy, and it was like five years in between each. I think give Max a little bit of a break. Give Volkanovski a little bit of a break. Let them fight other people and come back to it. When we're ready. Okay. That's about it. Cody Garbrandt eyeing one twenty five drop. Yeah, I don't really care. Okay. So that's enough of those. Uh, Any more highlights you want to throw at me, MMA Junkie? Um, Petr Jan was talking shit to Cody in the back. I don't know. That's part of the reason why I don't really care. It's like, Cody, you've got so many people to fight at Bantamweight. If you want to go down the flyweight, go for it, but whatever. Oh, my God. I want to get this Derek Lewis bobblehead. This is so cool. You can to get a Christmas ornament? I might. I might get a Derek Lewis bottle head. Oh, yeah. Ricardo Lamas versus uh, Ryan Hall. I uh, hope Ryan Hall doesn't underestimate me, underestimate ground game. I uh, hope you don't underestimate his ground game. He's a savage, Ryan Hall on the ground. Oof. Okay, well, whatever. We're done. Uh, da 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 da. Chris Weidman gonna fight Omari Akhmedov. Didn't even know that. Okay. That's enough of that. Okay, so let's break down these fights. UFC, back at UFC Apex Center in Vegas. The fights of this week Saturday, 9 p.m., prelim starting at 6. I'm supposed to do something at the gym on Saturday night at 9 p.m., not happening. Gonna be watching these fights sorry about it uh chris gutierrez and the let's move on uh ray borg is making a comeback at bantamweight oh wait he's been fighting at bantamweight ed uh short fuse herman versus gerald Meshard. as far as fights on the prelims that's the one to look out for shout out to eric spicely um versus marcus Perez. shout out to eric spicely spice world on instagram if you want to follow him. Um Okay, so yeah, prelims are whatever. Let's get the Bovado numbers up. This is not an ad for Bovado, because to be honest, they kind of fucked my account up, so I can't even access it, can't even put bets on it. Um, So fucking fix that, Bovado. But they've got good numbers, I guess. I can follow them. It's easy to bet on. Um, I would love to. I'd love to put fucking numbers down. I was going to. I was going to put fucking money down last week on the Darren Till card, but you know when you're frustrated at something and it's like you're frustrated at it, it's really good. It's a really good thing. UFC is a pretty good uh, example. I mean, most anything is a pretty good example. YouTube, Hulu, all these things that put ads in places that you're just like, can we fucking stop? Um, but, yeah, no, Bovado, it's doing one of those things. Like, it's very easy to bet on. You put the numbers in. Uh, it's right on the side. It, it saves your bet thing, your bet slip. It's easy to parlay. Uh, the numbers are right there. You can pick on the person. You just put the number down. Um, easy to sign up, easy to da 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 It's just like this one thing. And I tried to message them about it, and then they don't get back to me. And, da, 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 da. and it's just, if I could just log in normally, maybe it's a sign from God that I shouldn't be putting money on things, but it just would be fucking great. Okay, so let's start at the bottom of the list. We got Kevin Holland coming in against Trevin Giles. This is a phenomenal fight. It's at middleweight. i um, pretty sure middleweight. Okay, so he always did fight no at Um, Okay. So since Trevin Giles came into the UFC, which was 2019, not that long ago, uh, he lost his first fight, submission, lost to Zach Cummings, and then Gerald Marchart's submission. He decisioned James Krause. James Krause uh, came in to middleweight. He's not a middleweight fighter. He's a welterweight fighter, but it was like last-minute replacement and... Trevin beat him, um, but he was he was geared to fight someone else during that fight, and I don't really, can't take too much away from James Krause enough, I guess that's, that's ballsy, to just like go to middleweight, fight this dude, do relatively well, um, but it seems like this is a fight set up for Kevin Holland to prove, you know, he... Knocked out his last opponent. Um, His only... He's also decision... He decision-beat one Gerald Merchardt, a guy that Trevin lost to. His first loss was against Thiago Santos in 2018. Then he submitted John Phillips, who we just saw um, lose. Uh, then he decision your Mercart decision Lecod de Tirico. submission loss to Brendan Allen. comes back up and coming prospect prospect Anthony Hernandez he knocks out in like the in thirty nine seconds so now he 's got this fight I think it's a good fight for Kevin Holland um I mean he's the favorite in it there's not much to it he's gonna just Trevin Giles is going to have to make it, he's going to come have to come in, he's going to have to dirty box, he's going to have to make a, a scrappy fight, Um, one of those, like, dirty fights, because there's no way that Kevin Holland from range is not going to, because this dude is long, this dude's fucking lanky long, damn, he fought Jeff Neal, it's crazy, Uh, let's see. Let me get this knockout real quick of Alexander Hernandez. Hey, he's just a long dude. Yeah, obviously, he's got... There's like whole. where he keeps his head up straight. He keeps his hands down. Like, just these little things. He's got this k- kung fu background, so he... he he's he got the holes in the striking that you would normally see from a, you know, not a, an Israel Adesanya-level striker. However, his in-and-out movements... Good, he's long, he knows how to play to his range. He Good adjustment on the change to the elbow, then to the knee. Fight fight IQ, high, high fight IQ. Good shots. Yeah, elbow. Looks like, a it, technically, very good. Trevin Giles, on the other hand. Um heavy boxing. Heavy, heavy boxing game. He's got like an unorthodox I think he was a cop or something. Or is a cop or something. He's just very like not unorthodox isn't the word. Maybe unorthodox is the word. Yeah, like a one it's like boxing. It's got a, like it's a it's just like an it's like a guy that learned how to strike in an MMA class so he's got really good striking from like the MMA positions Oh he fought Brendan Allen and then oh he beat him the first time then Brendan Allen came back and got his revenge that's cool But yeah it's just a lot of uh, It can't really take much from the The UFC fights, because, what was I? Are they missing some fights of his? I think they're missing some fights. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so the other two. He won his first two fights. He knocked out Antonio Braganetto and James Boccivich. He won by ground and pound. Back in 2008, eight, two thousand or 2017. It's been a while. I honestly think Kevin Holland has it. It's not a surprise. I just wanted to find a reason. Most of the time when I'm breaking these fights down, I'm trying to find a reason why the underdog is going to be a good person to put money on. Um, in this case, eh, not so much. Uh, Lando Vannata versus Bobby Green. They've already fought. This is going to be the one where I'm going to put money on Bobby Green. I... uh I listened to his last podcast, or I listened to him on a podcast with, um, with, actually, this is gonna be fight the night with Michael Bisming on the Believe You Me podcast, and uh, instantly, a big fan of Bobby Green from where he came from, and just listening to him talk, he's he's got some good points as far as uh, he's intelligent when it comes to fighting. He's been around the game for a while, 35, 36 total fights professionally. Lando Venom and him had a draw the first time. I think going back into the second one, uh, let's see, who's should be even money to be honest. Lando's a little bit of a favorite. Obviously, Lando's got amazing style, but if you're going to see, if I can see a little bit of a, of an inch where I'm going to give Bobby, it's going to be in the in the boxing game of Bobby. Bobby's got fantastic wrestling. I didn't realize this. He had he has fantastic wrestling. Um, not like the highest level, but he's he's not just a boxer who doesn't know how to have that doesn't have any ground game. Um, and when he explains his losses, like the decision loss or the decision for Francisco Trinaldo, like the guy didn't really. Yeah, be, uh, he beats him in all the. Wow, he gets literally gets robbed. Francisco Trinaldo, he had sixty-seven total strikes over thirty-six. He had two takedowns compared to Francisco Trinaldo's one. Yeah, a lot of Bobby Greens are. There's Jacar close one. Give it to Jacar. I mean got yeah, to give it to Dustin Poirier on that one. But yeah, in the re- past recent year, that that Francisco Trinaldo, if that's 2019, that's a robbery in my mind as far as if I'm looking at the stats. Um he probably deserved that one. So uh, my money's on Bobby Green in this fight. Obviously, it's pretty even down the middle. Um but yeah. If you want to if you want to make some cash, Ola Bobby Green is a bit of an underdog, so Go for it. Then you have Vicente Luque versus Randy Brown. Uh, Randy, getting Randy Brown. Um, Vicente Luque is on a, not on a tear, but it's 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 always fun to watch this dude fight. Third round knocks out Nico Price for the second time. He's knocked out Nico Price twice now. Uh, Randy Brown got knocked out by Nico Price by the unorthodoxness of him. Uh, before that, he lost to Steven Wonderboy Thompson in a fight where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson came back fucking looking fantastic. Um, really embracing the boxing. But Vincente Luque, all three rounds with him, five minutes. Everyone's like, how the fuck did he do that? The chin on that guy. And then he decisioned Mike Perry, broke his nose pretty bad, knocked out Derek Krantz. That was a pretty bad knockout. It was awesome. Knocked out Brian Barberina knocked out Jalen Turner, knocked out Chad Laprise, submitted Nico Price, got decision by Leon Edwards. So where you seeing the little bit of struggle? It's in the early it's in the early stages of his career, right? Not early stages, but it, it's with the highest of level, right? The Leon Edwards, like top 2 guy. Steven Wonder Thompson, former two-time title contender. He doesn't really lose to anyone else. Randy Brown, however, super new, not new, new prospect, but he's making up for, he's two fights now, two fights now, he's submitted Warley Alves. Big submission, Warley Alves is a, you know, I thought Worley was going to submit um, Randy Brown. He submits Worley Alves in the second round. KOs Brian Barbarina. I love this. Vincent de Luque loved to fight Jorge Masvidal in the future. And Vincent de Luque, wary—he may not be ranked, but he's dangerous. Exactly, exactly. See, that's where I think Vincent de Luque is going to have the, the the advantage. His striking is unbelievable. To be honest, like anyone in that in that in that division, especially between those two, like they can knock each other out, no problem. Like uh, even though Vincent Day's fought some of the best strikers, gone toe to toe with them, it's MMA. Anything can happen. As far as the ground game, that's where I see Vincente Luque not pushing for a takedown or pushing for a submission like Warley Ava's and, and in turn getting himself caught into something. But more of just a—he's aware of the dangerousness of Randy Brown and what he brings to the table, and that he's not just a lanky striker, or he's not just a ranked dude trying to figure it out in the world. He's got heavy potential. And Vicente Luque just needs to put that stamp, right? He lost to, he lost to Stephen Warner Boy Thompson. So he had to start over. He fights Nico Price again. Beats Nico Price. Three rounds. Tough fight. Um, this is just him building his resume again after a loss. Personally, I'm gonna go with Visite Luque, but that's just me. Caitlin Vieira was supposed to be on this card. Mm, boo. Caitlin Vieira and Holly Home were supposed to be on this card, I think. Where's the. Okay. Visite Luque minus 19 or minus 109, or ninety. 190. Um. All right, in the co main event, we got Joanne Calderwood making her return against Jennifer Maya. Joanne Calderwood uh, essentially making a name for herself to fight the champ. All right. Uh, she's won her last fight against Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee lost to Caitlin Chikagian, allowing Caitlin Chikagian to fight the champ. She's a former Muay Thai world champion uh, from Scotland. Um, Ariane Lipsky, she beat that girl that just won by a devastating knee bar. She beat her. She submitted Kalinda Faria. Fahey, Fahey, she lost to Cynthia Cavillo. And now we're getting a little bit too far back. All right. So, what I'm looking for in this fight against Jennifer Maya? Jennifer Maya is coming off of a loss to Caitlin Chikagian. Both coming off losses to Caitlin Chikagian, essentially. Jennifer Maya. Decisioned Roxanne Mataferi, decision Alexa Davis, big name fighters. Um, I think she used to be a Bellator fighter. No. Invicta Invicta fighter. Um. She's got more experience than Joanne. I just think might my, my friend. I don't know if he personally knows her, but from Scotland, so what he what he says has more has more ground than my, what I say, because I have no idea. I don't really know much. Um, I just know that she's been around, and she's super big into Muay Thai. He said that like her ability, her potential's there. Like She should win this fight in order to then fight the champion, because that's what we all want to see. The issue is The issue is, um, you know, Jennifer Miles got the experience, and it's about game time. It's about do you show up when the lights are on? There's no crowd, so there isn't that that fear of you know the crowd watching you. But you're still fighting, so there's nerves, obviously. Um, but yeah, if she can go in there, keep the fight standing. Not, I'm assuming. She trains at the Shoot the Box Academy in Brazil. So she's I mean, she's good everywhere. Why is she fighting Jennifer Maya, not the champ? Okay, so... Uh, yeah, so she was supposed to fight... The champion, but then... The champion Valentina is like, I'm gonna push back by the time I fight. So she took her own chance. She took, she took her own chance to fight. And so hopefully it doesn't backfire on her, and she can get herself a win here. Hopefully she can TKO this girl, you know, with her Muay Thai show the Muay Thai supremacy that she she has, and use it to her advantage. It's gonna be up to her. Uh, All right, and then in the main event we got Derek Lewis or (laughs) Derek Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. Whoa! All right, so a lot to break down here. From what I know about Derek Lewis or fuck that bobblehead, I'm gonna just buy it. I'm buying the bobblehead. Um, Derek Brunson, from what we know, especially in his last fights. He's really changed it up. He went, he's been down at Hard Knocks, uh, well, Sanford MMA with Henry Hu for a while now, training with the guys there, essentially training with, like, the Vincente Luquez, the Kamar Usman's, the Tyrone Spong's, just really filing down the technique and the fundamentals. He's got power in his hands. He's got the ability to knock people down. He's got, fun, he's got fantastic wrestling. If there's anything we know about the middleweight division, it is run by strikers, and it always has been. I don't know what it is about the middleweight division, but people that are strikers tend to flock to that. It could be a product of its own of its own, you know, success where Anderson Silva held the belt for so so many years, where people are like, oh, "I'm going to take him down," and that obviously didn't work until one day a man who was a striker or who was a wrestler knocked the fame. Uh, kickbox, or Muay Thai fighter, kickboxing champ. MMA champ, I guess, he's submitted people to. Um, Anderson Silva out. And then beat him twice with striking. Obviously, the second time was, eh, yeah, but beat him with striking. Uh, then you had Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman. Still, you have a little bit of the gra- grappling and then the wrench gets thrown in. Luke Rockhold gets knocked out by Michael Bisbing. Back in the hands of a striker again. Michael Bisbing beats Dan Henderson. And then Robert Whitaker, so on and so forth. Israel Adesanya, da da are so seeing So we're seeing the product of the middle eighth division as high-level strikers and people that, who have an affinity towards striking show their presence. Edmund Shabazian is one of those guys. He's been training with Ronda Rousey at their gym in Glendale ever since he was a kid, being thrown on his head by her, being one of his trading partners. I think she's managed by, or he's managed by her. He's his own fighter. I, he's not Jake Ellenberger. He's not Charles Brown. He's just a kid that picked up the affinity for MMA, has been doing it since he was a kid, He's 22. He's been fighting ever since he was like a child. Um, He's started training when he was nine. He's at Glendale Fight Club since 12. Oh, oh, by the way, this goes back to our other conversation the other day about uh, maybe I was talking to my friends about this, about, like, my friend's girlfriend wants to get into jiu-jitsu, and she's like, oh, uh, I don't know where to start, and I just want to get, like, I don't want to get, I hate when It is a pet peeve of mine when people are like, I hate, I want to get into this, but I can't. I want to get into shape first. I want to do this first before I get into it. Just fucking get into it. The only way that you're going to get in shape for things that require, for example, jiu-jitsu. How do you get in shape for jujitsu? Jiu-jitsu. You go do jujitsu. I don't know what's do. I don't know. go to a fucking class. Just go do it. I understand all this hesitation to do things. Just get the fuck up and go do it. You're only gonna get good at something if you just go fucking do it. I sound like I I, I understand Shia LaBeouf at this point. Like I just I get it. I get it. There's a frustration behind it. How did I get good at jujitsu? I got on a bus from my brother's apartment. Every day in Brazil, well, from his house in Brasilia, got on a bus, at least an hour bus ride into the city, got off the bus, walked to a jiu jitsu academy, got in there, didn't ask any questions, and just fucking did it back in 2010. 10 years ago, I did this shit. I took it upon myself at the age of 15 to get on a bus in a third world country where I barely knew the language. Not third world anymore, but got in a country where I barely, at that point, was not that proficient at it, at Portuguese. Got in. go Went there. And I didn't think about if I was in shape for it. I didn't think about if I was in shape for wrestling. I just was like, I want to do it, so I'm going to go do it. Instead of trying to say like, oh, I got to get, same thing with people in the fucking gym. Oh, I got to get in shape for, the, for a competition. I got to get in shape for a tournament before I go do it. Oh, I'm going to go do it, ne- I'll probably go do it next year. How was the trip? Was it fun? Yeah, I'll probably go do it next year. You're saying the same shit last year. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Just fucking, it, it, it. no one's asking you to split atoms. No one's asking you to do open heart surgery when you've never done it before. Just go do what your body naturally does. It's going to figure it out. Anyway, just like this kid. He's been doing it since he was nine. No questions. Just went into a fucking... One of the biggest places in the world. And guess what? He was Ronda Rousey's training partner. He just immersed himself in the culture. And next thing you know, he's managed by Ronda Rousey. He's 11 wins, no losses. Fucking one of them is a decision. Everything else finishes. So I appreciate this kid. He's going in there. He's just, he's young. He, uh, I mean, he's very young, <laughs> but this is going to be his fight. This is the fight where he's right. Or it's, or This is the fight where he proves whether or not the matchmakers are right and whether or not his fucking negative or he's a favorite, 340. That's great. No, he's the underdog. No. Yeah, dude, he's the fucking underdog. Edmund Shabazian against Derek Brunson, who is a legit veteran who has fought everyone in that division. Who's, like I said, he's now find he's refined his technique. Where yeah, his last fight with Ian Heinisch wasn't exciting, but it was the Derek Brunson we all we didn't know that he had the potential. I mean, he TK or he decisioned um, Elias Theodoru. He went in there. He was a veteran. He played smart. He's He's been more patient. He's brought it back a little bit. He's tuned it down. He's a veteran in all aspects. Now, does Edmund Shabazian's knockouts of certain of certain UFC fighters like Brad Tavares in the first round? Does that make me go, "Whoa, this kid might be the might be the second coming"? Obviously we've never seen him outside of first round I'd love to see that um, I think it's a jump I think it's a good jump for him if he wants to test himself at the same time Derek Brunson is no joke Derek Brunson equally has that knockout power and his can just come from like his hip that's the difference With Edmund, he has to set it up with his hands. Like, it's very technical. It's very, like, precise. It's pretty. Well, man, Derek Brunson has to just swing one time, clip you with, like, his pinky, and you'll be like, oh, shit, I can't find my legs. I think it's a great fight. I definitely don't think Edmund Shabazzian should be that much of a favorite. If my fucking Bovado count worked, I would put money on Derek Brunson. Anyone listening, put cash ola on Derek Brunson. Uh, you don't even have to put that much. You can put twenty bucks and you'd win fifty two dollars. Whoa! Right, so put a hundred, make yourself a good day. Right, fucking two two sixty. Um, all fucking testy today. I don't. I think it's moon. It's just that that mentality of just like uh I want to get into it but I'm not I'm not shaped I'm not in no shape for it just a, it's just like it's like the most insecure f- stuff ever and just like how do you think people start you think they just start with all the knowledge bitch I've been doing jiu for 10 years and I'm not anywhere close To a Gordon Ryan level. Like, I'm nowhere near that. Do I make people that have never done it look like infants? Obviously. But that's just because they're, they're, they literally don't know a language. It's like going to, it would be like going to Nigeria, try to speak their language and then have no, have no education of it. You're going to look like an idiot. Obviously, if you take a couple classes, you learn a little bit, you start getting a little bit more, you know, knowledgeable about how to do things. But you gotta go take a class. And then figure it out if it's not for you. Don't just I heard something the other day on a podcast, and it it hit home so 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 fucking right, because I, I love it. I love this, I love this, uh it's a joke. I, I don't really think that, like, it's not the way that you should think, but it's funny. But it, 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 it has to deal with this. All right. During it, the guy goes, one of the guys on the podcast goes, do you play uh, Mario Tennis? And he goes, no, I don't play it. I'm not good at it. And he goes, what do you mean you're not good at it? It's a game for kids. He goes, I don't play it because I'm not good at it. Listen, I think that's fucking hilarious because there's a lot of things in my life or there's a lot of things that I'm sure in other people's lives that you just like you're not good at and then you just in turn get so frustrated and instead of trying to – instead of seeing any glimmer of hope, math for me. I fucking am terrible at math and it's like there's no opening that I've ever tried like going from the basics math of arithmetic all the way up to calculus maybe trigonometry. I was like, oh, I kind of understand this. But there's no way in all those years of math I was—I got into it and I was like, I can see why someone enjoys this. I can see why I just got so frustrated that I just don't like to do it. I'm not good at it. <laughs> My mom's mentality was always if you just stuck your head in it and kept doing it until you got it, it just doesn't work that way. Some things your brain just doesn't it just doesn't hold on to. It doesn't have this affinity towards, and you can't produce a passion of it. Granted, wasn't meant to be a mathematician. Cool. I'm totally fine with that. I'm not a fucking nerd. <laughs> but, uh, no. So what this all has to pertain to is I didn't figure out I was good at math until I did some math. That's it. I had to do – I had to because that's fucking school. Just like pee, but it's the same mentality. If you're not good at something, at least take a chance, try it, to see if you're not good at it. For all you fucking know, especially with fighting, because everyone in their bones has the ability to fight. So to me, it's almost like a waste of potential, and that's why I appreciate other countries who take fighting as their as their national sport: Thailand, Russia, Japan. Korea, like all these different countries that have their own style of martial arts and then made it their own national sport, because then you can find out if you're actually good at it because you're kind of forced into it because it's a bunch of wasted potential like you I might not be good at math, but math inherently in a human brain, I don't think is like as instinctual as or primal as fighting is. Anyone can get good at fighting. But there's even a higher chance that someone can be fucking phenomenal at it. So when people are just like, oh, I just need to get in shape before I do it. You just need to get in shape. Quit eating like shit. Fucking run. I don't care. But also do jiu-jitsu. No one's expecting you in first class to go in there and just, like, get it. Right? Especially, and I get, and I hear the pleas of girls but this sport's been around for years now. There's a girl class. Go take a girl class. Same thing with guys. Like there's always there's definitely a beginner class at any gym. And if there's not, they're missing out on money and you probably don't go don't go to that gym. I just think I think it's more if you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. Say so you have no interest in it. But don't tiptoe around the issue of, like, I think I'm gonna do it. I might go do it. I'm gonna. Just go. Do it. Fuck, it's. No one is gonna care. 99% of the day, people just think about themselves. No one thinks about what you do. No one thinks. I probably do. But that's because I'm weird. And. You just got to not worry about what other people are going to think. No one's going to judge you. Everyone sucks when they first do this stuff. And if you're good at it, you might be like an Edmund Shabazzian. So there you go. You're either terrible at it, and you at least know how to defend yourself. Might it be terribly? Still know how to defend yourself. Um, for example, not the best at jiu-jitsu, but bet money. Unless you are a legit black belt, you're not submitting me. Facts. Just facts. And if you do submit me, it means you're legit. Because guess what? Like, not anyone off the street is going to put me in a submission. And that's just because of the years I put on the map. Doesn't mean I'm smashing everyone? No. You can call me a cockroach. I don't die that quickly. It takes a nuclear, even through a nuclear winter of submissions, I will survive. So. That being said, what does that mean? We've got a great fight between Derek Lew- <laughs> Derek Brunson. Keep fucking. It, it's the bobble. It's literally on my screen. I'm looking at the bobblehead. That's why I, it's doing that. Versus Edmund Shabazian. Derek Brunson, veteran of the sport, been in forever. A guy who's not going to let a couple losses. Seven, actually, not bad at all. And this goes back to our previous conversation about the uh, about champions. Derek loses tw- or my. I'm about to erase this whole episode. Derek Brunson. I'm gonna click out of this page. Okay, Derek Brunson, twenty and seven. Going back to what we were saying about the uh, about champions, twenty and seven. That's like a really good record as far as f- professional fights in your life. Ten years ago, that would be a phenomenal record. But we live in a different world now where to be a champion, man, you got to be like 20 and one. <laughs> that's where the champions are now. They're like 20 and two, 25 and three. They never go above five losses. And when Shabazzian's on a trail to get there. I just think that his trail shops short with Derek Brunson, dude. I just don't think he gets past the veteran savvy of a guy that's got twice as many fights as him. And some change. And a guy that took a look in the mirror, realized his faults, packed up his stuff, moved to South Florida, and is now training with some of the best people in the world. Edmund Shavazin, has got a great training grant. He trains with some of the best people as far, or, I mean, arguably, right? You don't know. You don't know until you know. And the only people he's fought, Chris Bird, Jack Marshman, and Brad Tavares that we've seen. And that guy on the Tuesday Night Contender series. I just think, oh, and Darren, Darren Stewart, yeah, oh, yeah, and Darren Stewart. He uh, went to decision, and that was a uh, that was a split decision. So. If anything, I'm Derek Lewis, or God, fuck, Um, I'm Derek Brunson, what I'm doing is I'm trying to take him into deep waters, five rounds, use the wrestling as a way of control, see like a Christoph Jocko, that makes a lot more sense. Derek Brunson fights. Very tough fight for him. See, I was expecting Brad Tavares and then a Christoph Jocko. Makes a lot of sense. But those are the fights. I'm going to get out of here, so that way I uh, quit making mistakes. And I quit being so ranty. Other than that, nothing new with me. Just been watching a lot of this uh, Chimev guy throw down on Brave. It's, it's fun to watch. Uh, I'll be back Monday. Talk about the winners and losers. Okay, well, this is... Uh, I guess they're just... I guess God's just playing games with me. Because uh, next week, and here. I was going to give myself an out, but you guys need to know... The reality of this. I don't even know this, but... The next week after this fight. The main card is Derek Lewis. (sighs) Versus Alexi Olyanak. I was... I had the out. As the reason why I could... I was just mixing up the names. Because Derek Lewis is fighting next week. I could have just easily said that. No, Daniel... You're just an idiot. You're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> just can't keep your shit together, big guy. Uh, but yes, I'll be back on Monday to talk about the wins and lo- losses of this fight and then get into the fights the following weekend. We got Benil Dariush versus Scott Holtzman. We got Chris Wyman versus Mari Akmedov. We got Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olianek. Gavin Tucker making his re- return. Giga Jacasey versus um, Caceres. Tim Means, uh, Alex Munoz, Nasrat Happersat damn dude, Andrew Sanchez, uh, okay, a lot of people from TriStar fighting, um, damn, what a card, I'll definitely be back to break that down next weekend, and the return of Mia Khalifa, Nadia Kassam is fighting, uh, alright, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh once again, make sure to check out our stuff, sunscrapnation.com Go to our Instagram, Facebook's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, go to our website, SunscrapNation.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all listening devices, SunscrapNation.com. I've been your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. And until next time, SunscrapNation.com. Be safe. Enjoy the fights. Peace.